What is up, everybody? Welcome to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John. We've got plenty for you tonight. GM of Low Star Sports Entertainment, David Fletcher, is going to join me in the next segment to talk about the summer of soccer. Got a big one coming up. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Wait, didn't he hype that big weekend of football coming up in the second week of September? Well, yeah, but summer soccer, it's a different flavor. And that voice you hear is Mark Vandermeer. What's up, Mark? You know what the sound of that is? The sound of no Friday news bomb. Exactly. We've had two in a row. Now, I will say, we are three for three making statements on Fridays. It's just that the statement that came today was... Was not a great one. Yeah, that's uh, terrible. As we found the news uh, today that my former coach, coach recruited me uh, to go to Brown University. Had been here with the Texans, I believe, for four years. Uh, Jimmy Bernhardt had passed away. Mm. Um, sad stuff. And, and Mark, I, I, there's so many different. I, I just remember so much about Jimmy, and I remember one of my favorite stories about Jimmy. He's from Long Island. He, he uh, coached in New York, and then he had been at Hofstra, and he came to us. And in fact. Pat Kerwin was supposed to be, and you hear him on Sirius XM NFL. He's fantastic. Pat was supposed to come with Jimmy and a few of the other coaches to come to Brown. Pat should have been one of my coaches, but he wasn't. But one of my favorite stories is I was I was a junior, and we were in practice. It was late in the year, and I made one of the better plays I'd ever made in practice. I mean, this is a practice or game ever. I was playing a two deep safety. I read the coverage. I got a I had a combo route. I had a post, and I had a nine route. So I had to kind of stay over both. And I saw the quarterback, and he threw it. And I got over there, and I made the interception, and I got my foot inbounds. And I'm like, yeah, like under my breath, I'm like, yeah, this made a good play. It made a huge play. Yeah. Start to jog back to the huddle, and Coach Bernhardt is just destroying one of our defensive linemen. Just destroying him. RP Eddie, I'll never forget RP. I don't know what, what he did, but he's just gone off on him. And I'm like, man. I just made the best play I've ever no made in my whole life. Did they tape practice back then? They did. Okay. My whole life. I'm like, I'm just, you know, but I'm like. And so he just proceeds to go off. Like stops practice and goes off on RP for like 90 seconds to two minutes. Just going. I don't even remember what he did. And we're all just in the huddle kind of like, all right, just kind of taking it. Because Coach, he, he had some bite. And so he starts walking away. From the huddle, after he's done with RP, and he doesn't even turn back. He's like, Johnny, hell of a play. Break him down. Because every time after we had a, a, a turnover in practice, right. you know, whoever made the turnover or got the ball, you know, you'd break him down, you know, uh, one, two, three, win, or, you know, whatever whatever he said. He actually did see it. I mean, he did, but he was just walking away. He was like, Johnny, hell of a play. And it was like, that was it. And that was it. And that was, but it was so funny because I was like, he didn't see it. He didn't see it. it was like, but he knew oh, what yeah. happened. He saw it. Yeah. He knew exactly what happened. And I, I'll never forget that because he had a point of contention with RP for whatever reason, but yet he knew to say something to somebody that had made a great play. And that, that just stood with me. And, I mean, Jimmy was fantastic. And, and he was uh, with – was he with OB at Penn State too? He was. He was with OB at Penn State. Yeah. Um, he had been with George O'Leary at UCF. Um, All right, so he's been around the block. So a he'd bit. been around the block a little bit. He actually was coaching lacrosse. He was a heck of a uh, a heck of a lacrosse player, heck of a lacrosse player. And his boys are all lacrosse players. In fact, his youngest right now is at Maryland, and was up for basically the lacrosse Heisman this past wow. year. Wow! Yeah, and Jimmy was really good. In fact, he was coaching lacrosse. Uh, What's up the name of the lacrosse Heisman? 
I can't remember what it's called. What's the name of the hockey Heisman? Oh, Hobie Baker. Very I good, know Johnny. I know nice. the Hobie Baker. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it today, um, but I can't remember what it was. But uh, Jimmy was Jimmy was always great to talk to. Um, obviously, we had a connection that went way back, and yeah, it was really neat to see his kids when they would come for games because they were they were little they were little dudes when I when I was playing. I remember going to practice, and I remember seeing his wife come to practice, and he would. One of them, she would be holding one of them. The other one would be one, running around and was that little. Was tiny, tiny, tiny. So, so he passed of cancer. He passed of cancer. Um, and when he was here, he I remember there were a few times where he had told me, "Yeah, you know, I gotta go for, I gotta go, I, I gotta go for some procedure. Yeah, I gotta go for some proce- some procedure." Um, I, he had told me at one point he thought he had it licked. He thought he had it done, but. Um, but obviously something had, had come back. That's so so horrible. Um, you know, thoughts go out to, to his wife and his three boys. He was an, he was an assistant family. to Bill O'Brien, sort of an assistant yeah. coach that did a little bit of everything, right. an exactly. extra set of eyes and ears for Coach O'Brien. Yeah, he was the one helper when Coach O'Leary was. This was back in the in the mid nineties. Coach O'Leary had called had called Jimmy because they knew each other both from Long Island. And he called Jimmy oh, and he yeah. said, "Look, I need I need I need somebody." That's smart enough to be a football coach, but dumb enough to know he's a football coach. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy was like, yeah, I got the guy for you. And that was Bill. And so Bill went down to Georgia Tech, and there had always been a connection there with George and uh, with Jimmy. And so that's how Bill uh, got involved in that situation. And, and obviously, uh, Bill moved up the ranks, and, and Jimmy coached in, in Florida. He coached at UCF. Uh, his family lived in Florida. And uh, that's where he his family had been while he was coaching a little bit of lacrosse. So thoughts go out to Jimmy and obviously everybody uh, involved in the Bernhardt family. But that was a that was a tough way to to wake up to today. But that was a statement that was put out today by the team and Bill O'Brien. And we'll not delve any more deeper into the JM situation because thankfully no statement today on that yeah. aspect. And there's really not much more to say than what we've been saying no. all week. So not let's really. just go and not really. take it one day at a time. So Mark, we? I was I was. Looking at this today, I don't know why I got to thinking about this, but I, I wrote down some I wrote down some notes, and I started thinking, what team in the AFC? I only did the AFC. I probably could have done the NFC too, but I just did the AFC. I went through and I did the quarterback, running back, wide, uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio in the AFC. Okay, and for some reason, Lamar Miller gets no gets no. Respect. I don't know why. I just saw Maurice Jones drew. Oh yeah, had him ranked thirtieth. Yeah, we talked about this last yeah, night with the general. Exactly. You guys were talking about that. I, I, I'm dumbfounded by that. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking, well, what if you did a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, so trio. top wideout, quarterback, and your number one running right. back? Now there are some teams that have got a couple of good wideouts, mm-hmm. and even though we've got a couple of them here, I think you would say that Hopkins is the number one. Cleveland, you probably say OBJ, even though Landry's pretty darn good, but. When it comes to quarterback, running back, wide it, receiver trios. Look, it better be OBJ for them considering what they gave well, exactly. up. Exactly. You don't give that up for a number two receiver, right, Cleveland? But Jarvis is pretty darn good, though. He is. That's the thing. I mean, that's why everyone thinks they're loaded. And on paper, they look pretty loaded. Right. However, on paper, game's not played on paper. So when you start looking at those, and I put yep. the list in front of you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a group, a trio that you go, you know what, that group. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back is so much better, better mm-hmm. than what the Texans have with Deshaun Watson, Lamar Miller, and well, DeAndre well, Hopkins. Let's start the division. Okay, you in have, division, you have Luck, Ty, and Marlon Mack. That's pretty good. It's a good one. 
it's a good one. But I, I'll take – if you had a draft right now, let's leave the quarterbacks out right. of it. Luck is so good. Right. But so is Watson, but all right, whatever. But let's look at the receivers. I think most GMs are taking DeAndre Hopkins over T.Y. Yes. Hilton. Come I think on. so, too. And as far as Lamar Miller over Mac, they might take age into consideration or some other things. But it's not like there's a, a, a guy who's head and shoulders above the other here. Right. Yeah, so I, I think that's pretty close. I think that's enough to say you're pretty darn close. I know Luck has accomplished. He's played in an AFC championship game and everything. But Watson's upside is still yeah. so that high. Was, that was Luck's third year, 2014. Got to the AFC championship right. game. Oh, Somebody else guess, is guess whose third year it is this year. Okay, good. I think that's sort of a push. Tennessee and Jacksonville, you almost don't need, I mean. Davis and Henry. All right, Derrick Henry's good. Mar- but good. Mariota, forget it. Forget he's, it. The quarterback will take young. it out, you yeah. know. Like, if, if you beat the quarterback, the other two better be unbelievable. Right. Otherwise, we're not even having a conversation. And Corey Davis, I think, has made strides. He's not there yet. And Henry mm-hmm. is, I think Henry's probably the best back in a division. Right. In a division. Then you look at Jacksonville and you go, Foles, I couldn't even come up with the receiver. I guess Westbrook, D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, D.D. And then Fournette. And I, I don't think, I don't think no, Fournette, much is there. Is it good Fournette or bad Fournette? It's oh, a Jekyll exactly. Hyde thing with him. And with Foles in Jacksonville, we don't know. We talked about it. Right. It's, it's a different team now. I know it's the same system, but it's a different team. you got different O-linemen. You have different receivers, more importantly. So let's just see how that one goes. No. You're, so you're, you're tied for first in the division. In this Um, trio. Right. Amongst – so then you start going to other teams that you know throughout throughout the league. So The contenders. So, Pittsburgh. Okay. Big Ben, Juju Smith, James Conner. There's no Le'Veon Bell there anymore. Right. So, So, McLean and I were talking about Conner last night. Because Conner was ranked something like 12th or 13th in MJD's poll. And I thought, all right, I like Conner. I mean, I'm not saying Conner stinks. He's a good back. But – is he that many spots better than Lamar Miller? Right. Now, MJD thinks so. I don't know that I buy that. I don't know that I buy that Crazy. whatsoever. Uh, One thing I did notice about that, though, he ranked the whole league, and I thought the era of the running back is so not now. Exactly. You know? It, it, it is. <laughs> it is. I, there are some really good running backs. No one's saying there's not, but it's the game has changed so much. It used to be a, we need our horse to right. carry us. Yeah. And I was watching that 1984 show the other day. I was talking to you about that. Yeah, yeah. And you just see the backs that were around. And you know, Herschel Walker went to the USFL at first, but you had Eric Dickerson in the league. You had backs. Yeah, Marcus Allen, Eric Dickerson. Big thing to Walter have your Payton. running back. Yeah. I mean, you had, you had that guy. That guy is now – you say that. I said that a couple of years ago about tight ends. I didn't know where the tight ends were coming from from college. And all of a sudden, George Kittle, you know, the Kali Waring, who we got here. All of a sudden, you start seeing these young tight ends kind of popping up. And you're like, okay, maybe I was wrong about that. And then I think it's that way maybe with the running backs because this group in college that's draft eligible, yeah, there are about eight of them that – you could give me any one of those guys not be The ones be coming out next year. Unbelievable. Cam okay. Akers at Florida State, Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, A.J. Dillon at Boston College. Ladies Travis and gentlemen, we're talking next year's draft. But you know That's what? That's next year's draft. No, but it's cool. It's cool. It's but I think your philosophy, your philosophy, though, yep. is exactly right. There are very few guys. I mean, look, look, at, look at L.A. right now with mm-hmm. the Rams. i got to define who I'm talking about. Right. But the Rams. With Todd Gurley, have they gotten to a point where they have – I don't want to say overused him, but is his knee going to be an issue such that 
they drafted Daryl Henderson. Didn't they say it's be- arthritic or something? Yeah. But I got it under control. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What is well, this? I don't know how that is possible. I have no idea how that's possible. I've got it under control, but it's arthritic. Arthritic doesn't sound good to me at all. That <laughs> is that important? I am, maybe it is, maybe it is. But I think what, Connor's a good back. I think Juju's a good receiver, and we know what Ben has been I, able to do. It's a tie at best for Pittsburgh. Yeah, but it's I don't, a, I don't see that. So I mean, Kansas City, best. maybe that's a tie. So Kansas, Kansas City. Now here's where Kansas City gets tricky because, all right, do you add Tyreek Hill in there or do you not? If you don't, then do you make is Kelsey your top wide receiver? Your running back is Damian Williams, but hey, you know. Kansas City is is more to that point where you're talking about running backs, but across the board, it's more the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Right. Yeah, oh, by the way, they got Mahomes. And the offensive line is very good. So Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. Now I think Kelsey is one of the best in his position, if not the best. Watkins But not, we're not talking tight We're talking quarterback, running, running back, back receiver, receiver, that trio. And if you move if you take Hill out of the mix, uh-huh. you're talking about an underperforming Sammy Watkins. And Damian Williams with Mahomes. Yeah. So it's at that almost point, like we got to do this again when we include the tight end and maybe the other receiver. You just go two receivers, quarterback, running back, yeah. tight end, and find out who's got the best group like that. It because it gets even really when you interesting. do that. Even when you do that, though, I don't think you're far off the mark with what you would have with the Texans with Watson, Hopkins, Fuller. Now, tight end, question mark, because the way they use which, that position. Which one is it going to be? Which right. one is it going to be? And then you're running back with Lamar Miller. I still don't think you would be, if you decided to rank those trios, I don't think you'd be far off where you'd put the Texans. I think they're going to be, you can look at all those groups and go, well, you know, okay, they've got this guy, but, you know, these other two guys are not that great. Maybe, the te- maybe you would say that about the Texans' tight ends, even though they're young, and I think they're going to have a pretty good year. But even if you, so my point in all that is, what Deshaun said yesterday about feeling more comfortable, and that's kind of been out there nationally today, about feeling more comfortable, well, look what he has around him now. Yeah. If that all stays healthy with, with obviously, Hopkins and Miller in that trio. But if you added those other pieces you talked about, you're talking about bringing in Fuller healthy. You're talking about tight ends that are very young. Jordan Thomas, four touchdowns last year, guys on the rise. And then you're talking about a guy in Lamar Miller who was all kinds of productive last year and got himself to the Pro Bowl. So I just, I just think that the – the the perimeter position pieces are a whole lot better than maybe maybe the I'm not the people in this city I think the people in this city the media in this city and analysts in this city look at it and I think they're I think they kind of are in line with me but uh, I think nationally I don't think people give enough credit to what Deshaun has around him Brady Edelman Michelle that's pretty good except Michelle's been banged up and so mm-hmm. it might be Burkhead that was a tricky one as I, I was trying to you, figure out which it, guy was which if we're looking at just these three Cleveland is impressive with Baker. Baker. You OBJ got Chubb and, Chubb, and you got OBJ or Landry. That's a pretty impressive trio right there. It's a there. pretty impressive trio. Now, it's very if you good. look at the NFC, how do you rate Dallas with Prescott and Elliott? And then you put in, you know who, you put in Cooper right there. That's, I mean, that's one of the best. It's really good. It's, it's one I mean, of the when best. you look at back and receiver, it's super. And uh, I like Prescott. I don't think he's a world-beating kind of guy, but he's a good quarterback, and he's got a good supporting cast. All right, we're not quite done with Mark, but we got to talk to our buddy, general manager of LSSC Lone Star Sports Entertainment, David Fletcher, next, right here on Texas Access.
Welcome back to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, football analyst, silent reporter, and love, love, love the LSSC events that we have in the building, especially the college football ones. But as I told our next guest last time he was on, I've become a huge Man City fan. The fixtures are out. I'm really excited because there is a Man City game when we are there in London. I am so pumped for that. But we're not talking about that kind of soccer. We're talking about a little different soccer. International soccer with my man, GM of LSSC, the man who runs things on that side of the building, David Fletcher. Fletch, how you doing? First of all, I know you got I know you got the knee wrapped up there. I know the fans are like, wait a second. Are you going to be okay by the time – well, maybe not by the time soccer gets in here, but maybe time college football gets in here. How are you feeling, by the way? I'm feeling great, Johnny. It's great to be here. Uh, I appreciate the love. And uh, it wouldn't be an offseason without me getting some kind of <laughs> surgery done. So the knee uh, is feeling good. Dr. Lowe doing great work, and um, as expected, and uh, – Got another five weeks on the crutches, uh, a little rehab after that, but we'll be off running shuttle sprints before you know it and uh, hopefully getting a chance to uh, maybe get myself in shape to hang with some of these big boys that are coming in here over the next few weeks. We've got oh, yeah. some big-time soccer matches. We do. Now, the other night, uh, a couple nights ago, Wednesday night, as my math is correct, Mexico beat Canada 3-1 to one in an international game. Why does that and why did that matter to the fans here in Houston, Fletch? Well, it mattered in a big way because on uh, next Saturday night, we're hosting the CONCACAF Gold Cup quarterfinal. It'll be a doubleheader of action starting at 6 o'clock out here at NRG. The first time that Gold Cup is back here in our building since 2011. Um, and by winning that game against Canada, Mexico has punched their ticket for Houston um, and we couldn't be more thrilled uh, that they'll be one of the four teams participating in next Saturday night's matches. And uh, always great to host the Mexican national team. They're true home away from home right here at NRG Stadium. It'll be the 18th time that they've played in this building, more than any other in the U.S. So uh, they're going to be joined by Costa Rica, who punched their ticket last night um, to, to make it to the knockout rounds. And uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of their opponents will be figured out over the next few days as the remaining uh, group matches get figured out in Gold Cup, but uh, couldn't be more excited to be welcoming back Mexico and Costa Rica here at NRG. So, so we don't know who Mexico and Costa Rica are playing. They're not playing each other, correct? They're not going to. They, I don't believe. You know, sorry, let me say that they will not be playing each other. Right, but um, they're both in those two games. They've punched their ticket. All right, very nice. What when you have the Mexican national team in here, Fletch? It's I tell this story a lot, and I think this was either fourteen or fifteen. It was one of my first years in the building, and I was leaving out of here. must have been a Friday, so I was getting out of here, you know, skating out 2, 2.30, something like that. Gotten radio done, was getting out of here. And the game was at 7 or 7.30 that night. I believe it was a Friday. It might have been a Wednesday. I can't remember for sure. But I was leaving, and I parked on the south side of the stadium. So as I'm going out, I'm coming, and I turn left onto Kirby. And as I'm coming out of our gate, I just see cars lined up all down Kirby all the way back to 610. And I'm pretty sure they were all the way on the feeder road on 610. And I'm like, what? It's five hours before the game. I I don't even know if it's if you're able to quantify how much it means to have Mexico in here. But I'm sure you probably had your eyes on Mexico-Canada the other night to make sure they got here. <laughs> But how valuable is it to have them in Houston? Well, it's incredibly important for our community. I mean, uh, this is the most diverse community in America. It's the gateway to Latin America. 
uh, Houston is. And, uh, and so from that perspective, we have an incredibly large fan base for the Mexican national team here. Um, they've, they've played very well here. I mentioned those 18 times uh, that, that um, they will be in Houston following next Saturday's performance. I mean, over a million fans have come and seen those games. So when you do the math, over 60,000 fans – uh, per match, and and really, um, you know, they, they are just they are just an um, uh, an important trade partner to this community, business relationship for right. for our city. Um, you know, obviously the cultural hub that that this is for um, for um, the uh, the Hispanic community, and and look, we we love just in general, we love the tempo, the style of play, the passion. Uh, that they and their fans bring every single time they're here. It's going to be an atmosphere you do not want to miss, and I can promise you it will be sold out. Uh, just a handful of tickets still left. So um, Ticketmaster.com is the best way to get those. You're going to have a, an incredible mix of cultures between Costa Rica, Mexico, uh, good opportunity that possibly Haiti is here. Canada may even be back as well, uh, depending on how it shakes out over the rest of the pool play. So um, you're going to have four great teams uh, this is the North and Central American Championship um, as it relates to the FIFA world. So from a soccer perspective, this is a really big deal, and this is the first step in, in Mexico trying to reclaim the title. They have not uh, – the U.S. won the last Gold Cup back in 2017, so Mexico is definitely um, trying to fight their way back. Uh, a very important time for their for their team as um, they've got a new coach in, in Tata who's, uh, you know, taken uh, a lot of uh, – of uh, scrutiny with making some big changes to the roster, but you've got some, uh, you've got a mix of really, really promising and 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 great uh, young superstars. Um, you've got old old standards um, and and great players like Ochoa, who's been back in goal and um, has uh, has performed well. Um, Gardado has had a great tournament so far; yep. scored a couple of goals the other night. So, you know, when you look at the style of play that they're playing in, the opportunity to play for a championship, this will be that first step. Uh, and being in what is truly their home venue, um, it's going to be a great night for Mexico. But there are going to be three other teams trying to trying to win as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Canada in a rematch with Mexico. Looked like there was a little minor dust up with Tata, the Canadian <laughs> national coach. Hey, now both of them played it down afterwards and saying that neither one of them uh, one of them spoke English and the other one didn't. Uh, so they didn't maybe uh, understand exactly what was going on, but that always adds a little bit of flavor when you have. It's funny that's the part of it, Fletch. I never, I never thought about this, but I, I should have. But you see in the NFL, the coaches are personalities uh, across the league. You know, you you know who the head coach is for each team. You see the personality of that coach on on the sideline. It's that way in soccer too, and I never really thought about it that way. That the coach is, first of all, he's a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, no we, we've seen that all across. It doesn't matter how successful you are. I mean, when you know, Hope Solo, uh, given Jill Ellis, you know, all kinds of grief for some of the decisions she's made and look at the, what the women's national team has done. But I, I noticed it watching All or Nothing, just the lightning rod that the, the manager is for a soccer organization. And then the international coaches are that much more. So Tata taking over. It's like, whoa, man, there is, there's got to be so much pressure placed on him to be able to produce at a high rate, especially for a country like Mexico. No question. I mean, you look at it, I mean, in, in that culture, it's flag, country, Mexican national team. Right. I mean, really, and, and sometimes that order may even change, to be honest. Uh, it, it's an incredibly important part of the culture. Um, and, and represent your, your country, your flag, is the ultimate um, opportunity as a player. So there's great pride, especially in these 
international championships. Yeah. I mean, the Gold Cup is um, is uh, is the championship of this region, um, just like the Euro, just like Copa going on right now down in yep. South America. Um, so these are big time titles. You know, careers are made, legends are made by performing at the highest levels in these tournaments. So uh, to to bring it back to NRG for the first time since 2011, um, it's going to be incredibly exciting. You know, as as we speak, they're 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 playing over at a sold out BBVA or BBVA stadium right now yeah. uh, with uh, Jamaica and uh, El Salvador, and then later tonight Honduras will take on Curacao. Um, all very very important to. Uh, our community, as our, as our uh, leadership focuses on being uh, a, a host city for the 2026 World Cup, um, we're making our case with every single one of these major international yep. matches. Um, sold out building over a BBVA tonight. That's a great story. Going to have a big sellout here, but I, uh, I encourage you if, you, if you can, to get in um, and join us for that next Saturday night. And then later this summer, you know, we've got, uh, we've got uh, another blockbuster matchup over here at NRG with Real Madrid and Bayern Munich on July 20th. Uh, last week just announced the Dynamo are going to be facing Club America um, July 24th over at BBVA. So the summer of soccer in Houston continues. Yeah. It's off to a fantastic start. You don't want to miss being a part of it next weekend. No, there's no, there's no question. Now, this is going to be maybe the weirdest question you get from me, but will they play on our turf or will they play on grass? No, they won't. It's uh, Actually, we will bring in a temporary field grass surface. Uh, They'll start that on Monday. It's a process that we've perfected uh, over the years, being a venue that does have field turf. And, right. and before that, um, you know, we had the we had the grass trays. Sure, so we've we've had uh, we've had to be creative in order to continue to be a premier destination for for soccer uh, at this level. Um, and uh, it is something that um, you know is is <laughs> in in my seat is a very important part of making sure you get right. Uh, if if that pitch isn't perfect, then um, you got a lot of issues that uh, you don't want to have, but um, very confident in, in the team that we'll be working with to, to do that, and uh, looking forward to a spectacular field, a spectacular atmosphere, and, and a spectacular night of soccer next Saturday. Uh, so if you can make it out here, um, I encourage you to do so. You, you, you know, you've been out here. I know you'll be yep. out here if the schedule allows them. Um, you don't want to miss when, um, when, when international soccer is at its best, and, and next Saturday night it absolutely will be here. June 29th. Mexico, Costa Rica will be playing. We don't know exactly who yet. That will be determined. Ticketmaster.com is where you want to go to get your tickets. And then July 20th, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich to get tickets. Same thing, Ticketmaster? Ticketmaster.com. All the information is on our website, lsse.net. But um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to kicking it off. And I'm looking forward to to uh, getting myself back into shape so I can hang with these guys soon. Yeah, yeah. Saturday, Saturday might be a little tough for you. You're gonna, you're gonna be tooling around a golf cart. I would imagine a lot. I, I will yeah. be, but I with can the promise, driver. I can promise you this. The the and this is evidenced uh, after many of our matches. The the post match the post match staff soccer event is just as epic to watch as some of the games we have here on the field. So I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting back in the fold for that next year. Flats, you're the best man. Thank you for your time, brother. Thanks, bud. I have become such a big soccer aficionado, I cannot wait for June 29th. Mark's going to join us again, and we're going to talk about the NFL Top 100 players according to an NFL media savant. We'll do that next right here on Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris. Mark Vandermeer joins me again. And, Mark, you know each and every summer – Yep. My favorite show on television comes on NFL Network, and it is the NFL Top 100. I You love this one. I love 
the NFL Top 100. Now, I'm surprised you love it so much. Why? I, I, I love it. I love the way they do it. I love to see, first of all, where the Texans are ranked in this thing mm-hmm. and how many they get on there, what the league thinks about other players throughout the league. You know, oh, why is that guy on there? Oh, man, he's lower than I thought. That guy needs to be high. You know, that kind of right. thing. I, I I, I love those kinds. I of think things. it's impossible to rank these guys. When you have 100 it players, is. how many people are on a roster? 53. All right, so that's two full teams, basically. Right. Let's take the specialists out. Sure. Two full teams of players. How hard is this? Very, Very difficult, hard. I say, because you have to have so many quarterbacks in there. It's going to be skewed towards exactly. quarterbacks and skill people. I do like hearing what the players say about each other. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, no doubt. Now, that won't be unveiled. Well, they unveil them 10 at a time. Right. Every week, and that leads right up to the season. So NFL Network won't kick theirs off until July 22nd. But our friend Pete Prisco at CBS Sports did his top 100. Smart. So how many Texans do you think made the top 100? How many Texans? Of Prisco's top 100. How many do you think made it? Top 100. Five. Got to go a little lower, unfortunately. Four. One more. Three? Yes. Oh, you stink, Prisco. Okay, now. And I'd say that to his face. I love him. There's a good or a bad. There's a good and a bad to this. Okay. The bad is he only got three. But the good is those three are ranked in the top 25, in his top 25. All three. Who are they? Watson? No, he doesn't have Watson in the top 25. No way. So Watson is not even a top 100 player to Pete Prisco. That's exactly right. You've got DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. And who's the third? Clowney. He loves Clowney. Because he saw Clowney destroy Jacksonville last year in North Florida. Because he's a North Florida guy. So he saw that game, and that was the game where everybody went nuts on Clowney. Baldinger included, did that video. I mean, Clowney was forced Whitaker and Fast Times at Richmond High in that game. He was. He absolutely (laughs) crushed the Jaguars. He is, you're exactly right. J.D. came in at number 25. Yep. According to Prisco, three of the top 25 players. Now, I think what he says about J.D. is is an interesting one. He says he is a good pass rusher, not a great one, but he's also really good against the run. His sack numbers do need to go up. So he was in the the top 20. At 21 was Kelsey. 22 is Cameron Jordan. 23 is Alvin Kamara, which is going to lead me to something else in a second. 24 is Tyreek Hill. He said his status was season up in the air, but he's on the field. He's an electric playmaker. So three Texans come in at top 25. So Connie at 25. Where do you think Watt is? Watt is, in Prisco's mind, Watt is 11. You're very close. 10. Yeah. Watt comes in at 10. Hop comes in at 8. Tell me the only team in the NFL that had two players in the top 10. The only team in the NFL that had two players in the top 10. And you just said it. I did. Watt's 10. Hopkins is 8. Oh, that one, right. <laughs> According to Prisco. I thought, you were, I thought we were going like other te- I yeah. know, right. There we have it. Yeah, ten. there you have it. The Texans. They had they had Watt at 10, Hopkins at 8. Who does, t- he have, who, who does he have number one? I'll, give, I'll let you guess. It's not a quarterback. It's not a quarterback. He has Aaron Donald number You're one. You're exactly right. All right. He said it's hard to imagine him playing much better than he did the past two years, but he continues to work at it, so why not? So Donald at one. Then he goes quarterback at two, Mahomes. Quarterback three, Aaron Rodgers. Where does he have Brady? Six. 
right. He says his regular season numbers weren't great, but he turned it on the playoffs, which we have come to expect. I know some will question him being this high. You shouldn't. So he's got Aaron. Now the quarterbacks he's got Mahomes at two, Rodgers at three, Brady at six, and those are the only quarterbacks he's got in the top ten. I'll tell you this. I don't know this for a fact. This is just an opinion. And you know I hate the Patriots like poison. Absolutely. But Brady is so important and so valuable that I believe if you put any other quarterback on the New England Patriots, they don't win the Super Bowl. I agree with you. I, I, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, I Watson, agree. who I don't care who you put on that team. That team with that coach and that fit and the culture created – the systems, the culture. Brady not even being in the building during the spring doesn't matter because his presence is there. Not literally, but you still feel the presence of championship vibe, winning all the Super Bowls, and oh yeah, he'll be back, so let's get ready for him. That is so crucial to everything involved with that squad. Everything. Everything. Patriots. I don't think they're that good. I, I think that... Well, to I, I don't want to say that. They're, they're very good, obviously. They're champions. But I'm saying that... If you just dissect them and pull apart and reverse engineer the roster, you're going to come out with players that, all right, some really good players there, but how many how many non-Brady Patriots are in the top 100? Yeah, Brady at 6, mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore at 30, uh, no, Trey Flowers is now with the Lions, Edelman at 90, and Shaq Mason at 100. All right, so you had Trey Flowers where, though? Where does he rank uh, up? He's Flowers, on the Lions now. But. He's the Lions. He was uh, 81. And Edelman's 100. See, it, Edelman's 90. Shaq Mason is 100. The, Shaq Mason, and, and I was one of big, Shaq Mason's biggest fans. Shaq Mason didn't sit in the top 100 if you didn't play with New England. Mm-hmm. Now, could it have been another guard? Maybe so, if that were the case. I'm with you. If it's not Brady, first of all, it's not Brady. They're not beating the Chiefs. Nope. They're, they're, not, they're not winning that round. Now, obviously, they, they destroyed the Chargers, but they're not beating the Chiefs. And uh, the defense came up large in that Super Bowl. Let's be honest. I mean, the Rams, for whatever reason, the offense didn't show up, didn't make plays. Brandon Cooks didn't catch big passes, all that kind of stuff. But this goes without saying. I mean, they've got one wide receiver. They've got a, a, a good guard. But that, in and of itself, is the reason why Brady's going to be number six on this whole thing. Yeah. That he's, that he's number six. It, it's kind of amazing. He's so, proven himself. This just in. He's proven himself. Now, people say, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. No no Watson. That is correct. No Watson. In fact, almost, and, and this is where it gets a little bit sticky. Uh, let's, there's Mahomes, Rodgers. These are the quarterbacks in order. Mahomes, okay. Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Luck, Ryan, Wilson, Phil Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. Those are the quarterbacks. Okay, I want to ask you this. You and I have a league, and we have all these teams. And we're going to draft quarter. This is the quarterback round. Everybody's got to draft a quarterback. Yep. And what order are the quarterbacks going in based on last year's performance? You know, and we only have to play a season. We don't have to play for five or ten years. We only have to play a season. I believe that Watson is going ahead of at least three of those guys. No doubt. He's going ahead of Wentz for sure. He's going ahead of Goff. If you're going to just last season, you got one season. I think if you have ten seasons, one season. I mean, no disrespect to Goff. I guess it sounds like it, but you're being replaced by Deshaun Watson. Sorry. He's awesome. Okay? Not that you're not, but he's just that much better. 
that I would take him ahead of you at this point. We can have the Mahomes debate all day long. It's going to be interesting to see what Mahomes does for an encore. He was sensational, so it's hard to put Watson ahead of Mahomes right now. I get that. 50 touchdown passes? I mean, get me out. I think he gets the 50 again. I don't know. I don't know. But, he, but you know, I'm just saying that he doubled them up in TD passes, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a monumental year for Mahomes. But when I look at the rest of that field, who Ryan? No. No. I'm Cam, not doing it. Cam? A banged-up Cam? No, I'm not doing it with Cam either because— And I, lo- and I love Cam. I'm I know you do. I'm one fans. And a lot of people do. By the way, that NFC South, they got some QBs. Oh, you kidding me? And we're playing them. Oh, well, that's the other thought on that. I keep I'll forgetting that, that Atlanta's coming here and they're pretty good. You know, you could say what you want. They're pretty, I, they're going to be tough. I think Atlanta is going to be of the teams that you look at it and go, "Oh man, we got the Chiefs and the Colts and the Chargers and the Saints." We never Gullies. talk about Atlanta. Atlanta's one team we don't talk about. I'll tell you another one that we. It's not like you're you're putting an automatic W next to them, but I think some of the fans do. You have the Raiders coming in here, and jeez, you know, we talk about quarterbacks. Well, they have Derek Carr. You know, they got some – Antonio Brown's going to be here. Yeah. You know, I know he said that that thing could fail spectacularly, the Raiders experiment, just like and the Browns might. might. But they might be really good on some Sundays, and you hope it doesn't happen here. Yeah, no doubt. Antonio Brown, Prisco has it, number 15. Jeez, that high, huh? Yeah, so, I mean, he still So carries... this isn't based on showing up to work and work ethic <laughs> and things like I guess that. not. Uh, the Raiders only had two on there, and Derek Carr was not one of them. Now, people have asked about Watson. Where where is Watson? Well, he was in the others receiving votes. He he was I love polls. Yeah, he was in the others receiving votes. Uh, he was down there. No other Texans listed in here in the just missed category. But a lot of a lot of offensive linemen in here. David DeCastro's in here. A lot of defensive linemen. Kwan Short from the Panthers. Listen. Talk about maybe the best defense the Texans might see all year. That Panthers defense is going to oh, be pretty nasty. And now they've got Gerald McCoy. Now, we were going to face Gerald McCoy either way. There's the Bucks and the Panthers. But now we've got to face Sue as well down with Tampa Bay. But here's the other thing that stood out to me, Mark, as I was looking at this. Prisco says at the beginning, the for the record, this is him speaking, for the record, the Chargers have the most players in my top 100 with eight, followed by the Cowboys with seven, and the Saints and Chiefs with six each. I read that sentence, and I went, oh, boy. Because what's the common thread of three of those four? Playing them. We play three of those teams, and not only that, we face three of those teams in the top, in the first six weeks. Rip off the Band-Aid, Johnny. Let's the, go. The Saints have six players on here. Play them week one. Then you got the Chargers with eight. We face them week three. And then the Chiefs we face week six. And all on the road. All three of those on the road. Oh, man. Yeah. You're right. Then I went and I looked at the top 27. I don't know why. I got, I got past Clowney, and then I saw Matt Ryan. I was like, okay, I'm stopping there. Of the top 27 players, we will face 15 of them. Ooh. And of those 15, we will face 12 of them in the first seven weeks of the year. Can we try to play in the whack this year or something? <laughs> I mean, This right- is really tough. But, you know, John McClain said to me last night, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I hate that. I'd rather play everybody with their backup quarterback, but that's just me. <laughs> this is what Whatever it is. works. But it's exciting. This is great. This is what you live for to be part of this campaign, playing these guys, I'm, seeing how you do. Let's win some games. Let's Mahomes, go. So 
here's who we will face in the first seven. We'll face number two, Patrick Mahomes. We will now we'll face Von Miller, but that's a little later in the year. Then we will face Julio Jones as number seven. We'll face him in week four because Atlanta's before Carolina. Then we'll face number thirteen, Luke Keekley. By the way, I was watching. I was watching uh, some Panthers. I was I watched the Panthers and Redskins, and Luke Keekley's unbelievable. He's great. There, there's another rant I want to go on because Doug Farrar did his top 11 linebackers, and he doesn't include either BMAC or Zach in it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. He's got Joe Schobert on there, and I wanted to puke. I mean, I like Joe to show, but I'm like, come on, man. Joe Schobert, yeah. Lorenzo Alexander. He's got the. Oh, anyways. Mm. But watching Keekley play football is. It's, it's absurd in the sense that he knows where the ball is going every play. Yeah. The only reason he doesn't make. The only reason he doesn't make a play is if he misses a tackle, which doesn't happen often, or there's somebody else beats him to the ball. That's what made He's it incredible. hurt so much when you lost to Carolina last time. One of the things, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't play. play. He didn't play. And who was his replacement that day, and he had a pick oh, six? A.J. Klein had yeah, a pick. Thanks. A pick. Well, was it a six or no, just a pick? He, it was the pick, but what happened on the next play? They threw it deep for a touchdown. Uh, that's it why it felt pick, like a pick six. And then six. Uh, Michael Thomas, number 14, receiver at the Saints. They'll face Calais Campbell in week two at number 17. Face Drew Brees, number 19 in week one. Andrew Luck was number 20. We'll face him twice. We'll face him in week seven. Kelsey at 21. Cameron Jordan at 22. Alvin Kamara at 23. Tyreek Hill at 24. Matt Ryan at 27. We face all those guys. No, we don't know what will happen with Tyreek. But we face all those guys in the first seven weeks of the year. I'm not saying Matt Ryan's no good. But you can't name Matt Ryan the 27th best player in this league. He's just not. He's just not the 27th best player in the National Football League. No. This is what Prisco says. His 2018 season was better than his MVP season of 16. With better protection this year, the numbers should go up. Well, that if you're using that as your argument. No, Pete, no, no. What, is it a projection or is this where you're at right now? Right. I guess it's a projection. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Probably a little, little bit of both because he's got Odell Beckham Jr. at 12. And OBJ was hurt and MIA and. God knows what this year. And the same with Antonio Brown. He went MIA as well. So at least he has OBJ below Hopkins. Oh, yes. There's no I'll doubt. I'll tell you That's what, what, that NFL 100 commercial is so good. The one with the football, the yeah, cake, yeah, yeah. and everything. But to have o- Odell Beckham Jr., I, I, they just put that in because it's a highlight. Yeah. To have him make that catch over the table, it just <sighs> that part of it gets me so upset when I see it. He didn't even make the best catch in that stadium that year. That's a good point. Hopkins made that catch. Mm-hmm. That's a good Hopkins point. made that catch. But it, the nation doesn't know that as much. In fact, if exactly. Hopkins were in that commercial somehow, they would have had – They would have they wouldn't, under his leg. The, yeah, they would have done that. That's what they did. Because that's, that's kind of making the rounds a little bit more now. As well it should. That, and that one didn't count also. That one didn't count either. Too many Christmas. Mark, appreciate it. Thanks, Johnny. And there you have it. Show in the books. Big thanks to Mark, to David Fletcher. June 29th, have it circled. The soccer of summer starts then, appreciate you guys listening. We will see you on Monday. And as always, go Texans.